Today is week three in our sermon series, Help Thanks Wow, based on the Psalms, and today we read one of the Wow Psalms from 106. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord or declare all God's praise? Happy are those who observe justice and do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. They made a calf at Horeb, and worshiped a cast image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. For their sake, God remembered God's covenant and showed compassion according to the abundance of God's steadfast love. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. May God bless this reading to our understanding. Wow, wow, wow. These are the words I can hear on the video footage that I shot on my iPhone, everyone all around me was repeating this same word. We were stunned and amazed by what we were seeing. And as you see the image, you can hear, wow, wow, amazing, wow. I, I was with a group on a day-long safari in Tanzania, and we had already seen tons of animals all day. And around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we stopped for lunch in an area that the game wardens in the park had designated as a safe zone for humans to get out of those Land Rovers and walk around and use the facilities and have a picnic and take pictures by the lake. And so we spread out our picnic lunch on a wooden table and sat and relaxed on these wooden tree stumps that had been converted into chairs. And all of a sudden, as we were eating, a member of our group said, oh, what's that? And it was a huge female lion walking towards us. And we slowly stood and tiptoed back towards the Land Rover and got inside and locked the door and we watched that lioness practically do a show just for us. It climbed up on a rock, arched its back, opened its jaws. It's as if it was doing a show, posing for pictures. It was so stunning, even our guide who does this trip daily pulled out his camera and started taking pictures. He said, no one ever sees a lion up this close. Usually they're hiding in the tall grasses. The lioness would be hiding her cubs, and this one was simply showing off. Now, I don't want to brag, but if you could see the pictures on my iPhone, you would think I worked for National Geographic. Wow is what we say when we are totally blown away by something, when we are stunned beyond words, when you think you're just having lunch and suddenly you're staring into the face of a lion. Wow 
is what you and I say when we are amazed by a gift that we know we could not have planned or orchestrated on our own. Wow, it captures something beyond the intellect. When our son Connor was born in late December, we came home and set his little bassinet in the dining room next to the table where we were going to have Christmas dinner. And all throughout Christmas dinner, we just sat there taking bites and staring at his squishy little seven-pound body in that bassinet. And our older son, Kyle, was 15, and he said, why does everyone just stare at the baby the whole meal? And my mother said to Kyle, well, one day you'll have a baby and you'll know. Wow is the feeling of being overcome by something miraculous like a six-day-old son who can do nothing except cry and spit up and you know what, and yet you are madly in love with that helpless little creature. Wow is probably one of the most honest prayers any of us ever prays. It's a guttural prayer, not a planned poem or song crafted beautifully to God, but our heart and soul spitting out our most raw feelings, our amazement that somehow the line between the ordinary and the sacred was erased. In the book of Psalms, we hear many, many prayers that basically say, wow, who would have ever imagined this? But in the Psalms, they use a different word. They say, praise God. Imagine if you were one of the ancients and you were getting ready to go into your tent at night and you pause one last time and you look up at the constellations and you have never read an eighth grade science textbook and all you can say is wow. Imagine if you're an ancient and your daughter has been epileptic for a number of years but now she's outgrown it and there is no WebMD to consult about this situation and so all you can say is praise God. Imagine two tribes are fighting over the same strip of land, but then the tribal leaders go out and meet in the plains in between, and they come to an agreement to live in peace. Wow. In her book, Help Thanks Wow, The Three Essential Prayers, Anne Lamont says that there are also uppercase W wow moments. And for her, she, miss, she lists moments like, Yosemite, or fireworks, or watching puppies be born when you're six years old and you snuck out and went over to the neighbor's house. What are the wow moments that you can recall in your own life? Today's Psalm, Psalm 106, lists some big capital letter wows. Moments that happen not just to individuals, but to the entire community of faith, not just individual but communal wows. I remember when I first moved to Kansas City in the 80s, I heard that the Kansas City Royals used to be really good. In fact, people said they had even won the World Series once. But it was not until I was at the Royals game against the Oakland Athletics in 2014, and the Royals won 9-8 to eight in the bottom of the 12th, 
that I began to understand the collective wow of Kansas City. Kaufman went wild, and people were hugging total strangers. Maybe I had not known that kind of communal wow since I was five years old, and we went to my aunt's house and watched her black and white TV where a man walked on the moon. And even though we were each glued to the televisions in our own homes, you could hear this sense of a hushed wow all across this nation. Praise God from the mighty firmament. Today's psalm recounts multiple wow moments that God's people experienced. One of them was the moment when Moses came down from the mountain carrying two tablets containing words that we still etch on marble, words like, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, honor thy father and mother, keep the Sabbath, the Ten Commandments. But when Moses came down, Moses discovered the people at the bottom of the mountain had given up on God. They had grown tired of waiting for a word from this mysterious presence called God who never seemed to show God's face. And so instead, they had made a golden calf. They had worshiped this pagan God. The text says they exchanged the glory of God for an image of an ox eating grass. When I read that line, I just laughed out loud. They exchanged the glory of God for an image of a grass-eating bull? What a ridiculous trade-off. And then I realized, if I was going to poke fun of these ancient people, I was going to need to laugh at myself. Because we, too, in our own time and in our own place, make similarly ridiculous trade-offs. They exchange the glory of God for a grass-eating bull, and some days I exchange an hour at the gym exercising with an hour of extra sleep. I exchange an hour of reading a good book with an hour of mindless TV. I exchange an hour talking to a dear friend on the telephone with an hour of scrolling through social media. I exchange an hour of silent prayer and meditation with an hour of catching up on emails. What are the exchanges that we make collectively? I read recently in the Christian Century magazine that the average CEO earns or makes $15.3 million, and the median worker pay is $31,672. That's a 483 to 1 ratio. Wow. Sometimes wow means waking up to something that we have not seen before. I remember last month when the governor of Maine had a wow moment after a mass shooting in his hometown, he reversed his position on gun safety. Wow, it takes guts to change one's mind. Do you remember last summer when Taylor Swift reportedly paid her bus drivers a $100,000 bonus and we celebrated her generosity and we should, but we as a culture are the ones who are willing to pay a lot of money for concert tickets. Meanwhile, those men and women who teach our children math and science and social studies, 
did not get $100,000 in bonuses last summer. Now, I'm not trying to play the heavy here, but sometimes, wow, is the moment that we realize collectively we have exchanged the glory of God for a grass-eating bull. And maybe we didn't mean to. It's just that it happened over time when we started exchanging face-to-face meetings with Zoom calls, dinner parties with chat rooms, talking to our neighbors, sitting in lawn chairs on the driveway with this app called Nextdoor, sanctuaries with football stadiums, Sunday school classrooms with soccer games, volunteering with the homeless, with hanging out with our friends. We call these things cultural shifts, and sometimes they are so much like the water that we swim in that we don't even notice that the shift has occurred, that we have traded off something deeply precious. But then something happens, and we realize "Hmm, we are worshiping an empty God. Let me tell it in a story. Last week, I saw my friend Kathy. Kathy's a Christian. In fact, she was a Christian missionary working for peace among the Palestinians for 10 years. She was supported by this congregation who paid a portion of her salary every year as she worked at this institute trying to create peace between Christians and Muslims and Jews in Israel and Palestine. And while Kathy was there, she met and fell in love with a Jewish man from Israel. They married, and he now teaches and leads the Peace Institute at Notre Dame, and she continues to work for peace here. Although they go back and forth between the two countries, they have three kids now, and their kids have friends who are Jewish and Christian and Palestinian and Arab and Muslim, and for them, this current conflict is so personal because it involves their aunts and uncles and grandparents and their classmates at their various schools. And so after the war broke out on October 7th, Kathy's teenager said to her, Mom, there's a rally. Can we go to the rally? It's in support of the Palestinians. And so they went. But during the march, they heard people marching alongside them shouting, death to the Jews. And they are themselves Jewish. And so they left the rally and they came home and they said to their mom, isn't there some kind of rally we could go to where people are supporting peace? That's the rally we'd like to go to. Wouldn't it be great if she could tell them yes? But we have exchanged nuanced dialogue with polarization. We have exchanged negotiation with violence. We have exchanged civil conversations with angry rhetoric. We have exchanged peace for war. When the people of God realized that they had exchanged the glory of God for an ox that eats grass, they were stunned. They recognized We have forgotten God. And then they had the biggest wow moment of all time. They realized that God's compassion and grace, God's steadfast love and tender mercy still 
reached out to them and claimed them. They realized that there was absolutely nothing they could do to make God forget them because God remembered, God recalled, God relented, God forgave, God rescued, God blessed them. God reached out to them again with kindness. It was WOW with a capital W-O-W. And Lamont says that God has no common sense. God could have said, I've had it this time. You have taken the course four times and you have flunked. But instead, God says, let's start over. Life can still change. I love you. Come home. This summer, I saw my friend Sean in Texas. I hadn't seen Sean in years. We were at the same party and he came across the room specifically so that we could catch up. He wanted to tell me what had happened since I had seen him many years before. He said, I fell into a deep depression. I got a divorce. My drinking got worse. I thought I had it under control, but one night I missed a party. My friend was hosting this party and he knew when I didn't show up what had happened. I had passed out and forgotten to go to the party. He came to see me and I told him he didn't need to worry. I, I could get some help. I, I could get it under control. I was fine. I, I, could, I could handle it. It wasn't the first time my friend had come to me about this. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And I don't know why, but that day I listened. I called. I got admitted to inpatient treatment and I've been sober for four maybe almost five years now. He said, I go to AA at the church near my house. I'm happy now. Oh, I struggle. I do. But I have support. I have joy. I have faith. You see, he had exchanged his health for a drink, his family for a drink, and he was on the verge of exchanging his friends for a drink. But then... God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's kindness claimed him yet again. Because we can exchange God for whatever we want, but God's steadfast love endures forever. <laughs>